0: beaming from Pacific Junction Hotel to Earth.
1: Uh, thank you again for taking the time to do this. I appreciate that. I know you're super busy. No,
0: you're,
1: thank you. Yo, welcome to my summer lair. I'm your host, Sammy Yunan. Uh, for today's program, I have an incredible guest. Her name may not be a household name, but her work certainly is. Uh, her work is astonishing. If you've seen anything by David Fincher since like Fight Club, uh, you've seen her work. Please introduce yourself and what it is you do. This is so cool.
2: Hi, I'm Leray Mayfield, and I'm a casting director.
1: All right. A casting director, would you consider yourself, if this is an accurate analogy, would you consider yourself like human Tinder? Because you reject a lot of people, you're constantly searching for the right one, Mr. Right or Mrs. Right, and there's a vague intimacy with auditioning. So is human Tinder kind of an accurate analogy?
2: Well, no, because I don't don't reject people. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, we, it, it's not like a, it's not a rejection process. It's just, you know, you meet and you read a lot of actors and then there are those that just seem that they fit the role more appropriately for a number of reasons than other people you might have, have um, auditioned.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you ever find that volume kind of intimidating or do you, you and just enjoy the whole process like you're like a, a detective it's intimidating
2: or at times yeah it's overwhelming but I enjoy the process and you know when you have a lot of people that are interested in being in your project that's always a very nice thing <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah and how does it how does the process work these days is it still like is it self-tape or uh do you prefer the actors being in the rooms so you can kind of see it's them? a
2: lot of self-tape and I really like that mm-hmm. uh, because nowadays there is so much work going on for actors, and much of it is not in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So it's a way that I get to see actors from all different kinds of locations than just at, to see actors that are you know, just in L.A. We do sessions, of course. We always see people in person, but our, our first big sweep is usually done through tape. And also, not only you know, are people many times, not even in Los Angeles, but if they're in Los Angeles, they could very easily be working and not be available on the days that we're doing sessions. So it's also really nice for them to be able to, and for me, to be able to see those actors via self-tape.
1: Mm-hmm. There's a, uh, a 2013 documentary on casting called Casting By. And yeah. You've, I guess you've seen it, right? So. Uh-huh. Yeah, I want to bring up one of Taylor Hackford's comments. He was the di- He's the director <laughs> of Ray. I know it's a little controversial, but he, his, his comment was the reality is you're not a director. As you said, you're a casting director. And he said, you're not, a ca- you're not a director. And we take exception to being called a director. You're a casting person, casting by, but I do not call them directors because they're not. And I guess from your reaction already, you don't feel that this has merit, like he's inaccurate then.
2: Well, I mean, look, I'm not the director. Mm-hmm. You know, I also didn't name us casting director. <laughs> <Right. laughs> I didn't do that. And I know. You know, that was something that came long before me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's director of photography. There's, you know, there, there the word director is used in, in other heads of departments. Mm-hmm. But we do direct the casting.
1: Mm-hmm. I guess it's just that it's just the uh, the role itself, what you actually do and what you bring to the table is kind of like hidden from the public. That's why it's interesting to talk to you. Yeah,
2: I mean, ultimately the choices are collaborative and the choices are, are al- always up to the director and film. Mm-hmm. Um, in television, it's usually the producers and showrunners because directors come and go with each episode and they don't start when we all start.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But... Um, you know, I mean I think he's I think he's digging around looking for a reason not to give casting directors more credit and that was kind of a lame excuse that okay. he came up with. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be happy to tell him that if I ever get the opportunity to see him.
1: All right, we'll have to that'll be interesting. He sounds
2: like he's just a grumpy old guy to me. Okay.
1: <laughs> there we go.
2: <laughs>
1: We're getting to the honest part of the interview now. You said like it's a collaborative process, but what happens when when you feel like in your gut that this actor is is the right actor for the character but uh, the showrunner or the producer or the studio or somebody disagrees with you what happens with those conversations
2: you know what they're they're really great conversations you know i think it's important that we don't all always agree and it's also very important that we see from every side what someone thinks is a strength or a weakness of an actor as it pertains to the role that we're casting. Um, You know, I'm pretty fortunate that a lot of the people that I work with, we we have very similar tastes and we agree on lots of things. And if we don't maybe agree always on my first choice, the person that they do settle in on is someone that I thought was really, really talented and great. You know, there, there has been a time or two, never with David, mm-hmm. but on other jobs where someone did get cast that I absolutely did not feel was right for the role. And, you know, as it turned out, they weren't right for the role. And it, it was glaring. And sometimes it gets pointed out in the press. And sometimes people say, hey, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it, it is what it is, you know. And particularly when you're casting. Well, it's, 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 if you're doing anything where a group of five or six people make a decision, um, you know, that's that's not always easy to get three people to decide on the same time on the same thing, much less five or six.
1: Yeah. I mean, like it's sometimes even difficult to get people to go to the same place for lunch
2: exactly
1: and then what about how does scheduling uh, when you have an actor or even budget i mean like david fincher is a good friend with brad pitt but obviously he couldn't get him from mindhunter because of like budget
2: well he didn't ask and you know brad was doing other things brad wasn't even available for mindhunter so okay. that wasn't it wasn't like that wasn't a conversation
1: yeah so that's what i mean so like how does that scheduling and then budget kind of fit into the work that you do
2: Well, I mean, it's everything, because you can't hire somebody that's not available when you're Mm -hmm. shooting, so that just right off the bat puts people, you know, makes people not available. Uh, And, of course, we always have budgets that we have to adhere to and maintain, and, you know, sometimes you can go to someone who maybe is what you think out of your budget a bit and say, we have this project, but this is what we have. Is it something you would consider? And, you know, sometimes they'll say, yeah, and sometimes they say no, but, but yeah, we, we always have a budget that we have to maintain and, and honor.
1: Mm-hmm. In terms of casting, is there any type of roles that you get uh, that may seem a little bit more difficult to cast than others, like a, an older woman or um, a certain type of character, like Bill Tench's son, for example, like trying to find a kid like that. Is there, is there certain characters that are hard to cast than others?
2: Yeah, the more specific and the more unique and the more precise, particular things that this character needs to have, then sometimes it does make it a little more difficult, of course, you know. But it's just as fun. <laughs> and it's, you know, the challenge is really nice, and it you feel really good when you've done it, and you're like, wow, that worked out pretty good.
1: hmm you really enjoy this process, like from the beginning to the end of it, because you're at the very beginning of the thing, exactly, right? So uh, nothing's been shot yet, whatever. everything's still on paper, but you like from the from the time you get involved to seeing the final product then
2: well, yeah, I mean, but you know my my job is finished before shooting ever begins mm-hmm. uh, on a movie, yeah unless it's a movie that goes on for six or nine months, and then sometimes it's a little hard to cast roles now that won't work till next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of the time a movie is, you know, lasts three months, perhaps, a shoot schedule. So, you know, about the time they start shooting is about the time I wrap up. Now, on TV, we work, we work until the very last shoot day. Because we begin in in the early stages with casting all the series regulars and any large recurring roles, but then we're working on every episode for the for the other roles that um, are written into those episodes.
1: I don't know if power is the right word, but like when you're casting somebody in a, in a project like a like a David Fincher movie or TV show, are you aware that it, this will open up more doors for them? This will help increase their career. It'll, like. It's a a good feeling, isn't it? Like when you can cast somebody. I'm I'm
2: very aware of that. Uh It's a great feeling. And I'm very appreciative of that part of my job. And um, I also know, particularly with David, that it's a wonderful opportunity for every actor because they learn so much from him. And he is a director that most of the time is at the top of their list of directors they'd like to work with.
1: Why is that? Why do people kind of gravitate towards David Fincher? I know that's an obvious question, but I want to hear what you have to say.
2: Because he's, you know, he's the best at what he does, you Mm -hmm. know? I mean, there is a handful of directors that are of his level who are auteurs, and they are renowned, and, you know, all actors gravitate towards wanting to be able to work with them, as as do
1: crew people,
2: you know? It's just, it's a very, very, very fulfilling experience on every level.
1: And the story goes that in 1986, you, David Fincher, and Jody Watley walked into a bar. Is that how the three of you got together, or you kind of met?
2: No. No? Jody Watley? Yeah. No. No, I came to L.A. in 1986 because I had a boyfriend here who was a music video director, and he was at a little company where David was, and that's where we met. And that was the first day I came to L.A.
1: And how how's the how is it working with him in terms of the cast? Like you said, you've kind of already alluded to it, but like I guess by now you guys have a shorthand where he kind of gives you a little bit more uh, reign, and he, he's able to communicate what it is that he's looking for much more easily.
2: Yeah, well, David always has done that very easily because he's very very specific. But you know, it's you, you just. There's no comparison to a relationship where you've known someone and worked with them for 33 years to somebody that you just met or mm-hmm. you'd only worked with a couple of times, you know. It's, um, it's a lot of fun. David and I have a lot of fun together. We, take our, we both take our jobs very seriously. He loves actors. I love actors. He loves spending time with actors. So do I. And just, it's great. We like a lot of the same things, very much so. It's very inspiring, and it's also, you know, it's also, he's my dear friend. Yeah. He's not just somebody I work with. He's mm-hmm. my, above that, he's my friend first.
1: Yeah. He just had a birthday, too, so happy birthday, David Fincher. <laughs> yeah. Was there any bouncy castles, or you said, I guess, he's not a big b- birthday no, party? He's he is not
2: a birthday guy. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he's great about remembering everybody else's birthday, but he is not much on his own birthday.
1: All right. Fair enough. Moving away from Fincher work for a minute, when you worked on some of the Marvel Netflix shows, uh, mm-hmm. Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Punisher, what happens when those shows kind of get announced? A lot of nerds begin speculating. About who should fulfill, like which actors should w- would work, or for certain roles for Kingpin. Do you or the production ever listen to those conversations or see those conversations online, or are you just kind of just? I don't. Yeah.
2: I focus on how the character is described to me and the material that I've been given, and I look for the best actor to fill those roles. And um, you know, we've been very fortunate on those shows, and now I'm doing Hulu shows with them that we've cast fantastically talented actors who are really great great human beings and they have stepped into their roles wonderfully and i think for the most part we got a lot of support from the marvel fans
1: hmm. are you ever aware i mean 50 shades is also you worked on a couple of the movies as well 50 shades darker and 50 shades free and yeah. those also have their own set of fans obviously not as big as marvel fans uh, yep. community, but it's still a, a community of passionate fans. Are you ever, like you said, you just focus on the material, but are you ever conscious or worried about the fans or yeah. trying to please them in any way?
2: Nope. Nope. You, no, 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 uh You can't please, you know, like mm-hmm. I said, if you try to get six people together, you're not going to please all them. You get six million, you're for sure not going to please them all. I have to be happy with what I do, mm-hmm. and I have to feel good about what I do, and I have to feel like I am offering up the absolute best for the role and the character. And, and usually when you do that and you do it with honesty and you do it with integrity and you do it with respect for the fact that there are a lot of fans, then, then for the most part they're pretty happy with what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, I take and always take into consideration that there are a lot of fans that this, this material is very, very important to. And so for that, I want to do a good job. But I don't troll the Internet.
1: Yes.
2: (laughs) And I sure don't look at comments because, you know, what's the old saying? People are like assholes. Everybody's got our opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one or whatever that saying is. I can't remember.
1: No, and it's valid, and I mean it's it's a thing too, like you said, um, like sometimes you. And I'm s-
2: not calling them assholes. I'm just saying everybody has an opinion.
1: No, for and sure, I get what you're saying, cause it, it, like you said, like you've mentioned, like other times when like uh, you haven't necessarily been happy with the casting, and that uh, the viewers can sometimes see that too when the casting's a little off or if it's not yeah. quite right, and yeah. um, that's a li- that's more what I'm getting at. It's not just being a troll, but more just like. I don't know if that necessarily worked or if I bought that person as a killer or whatever. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, and, you know, you're just not going to please everybody. So the, the thing that I do is I'm going to please myself, and I'm going to please those that have trusted me with this great responsibility. Mm-hmm. And if they're happy and I'm happy, then then I've done a good job. And usually, when we're most of the time, we're pretty fortunate the fans are happy too Mm-hmm. and if they're not you know uh, i hate that it's really a bummer but they also have no idea what goes into making those choices you know
1: Mm-hmm. yeah it um because like that's why I, I highlighted like budget and scheduling and things like that because a lot of times people don't realize they think it's just like once a move like a show like daredevil or punisher is announced they start going like this guy would be perfect or this person would be perfect And it's just sometimes those things are not always realistic at all or grounded in any sort of reality. Yeah,
2: they're also, sometimes they're just not right. Mm -hmm. Just because somebody might think somebody's perfect doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, in the terms of what we're looking for and what we're doing, they are perfect. And, you know, it's just like, it's also... It's just a matter of taste, and people sometimes will go, well, why don't you like this, and why do you like that, and why don't you want this actor, and why don't you like that? And it's like, I, you know, who knows? It's why they make chocolate and strawberry.
0: Cause <laughs> I
2: don't know. Why do you why does somebody like chocolate and somebody else wants strawberry? Or mm-hmm. somebody wants pizza and somebody wants pasta. It's just a personal preference, you know? It's it's not based in any sort of anything more, you know, more sophisticated than that.
1: Mm-hmm. It's kind of like attraction, right? Like, you, you can meet a lot of pretty people or whatever, but you're not always going to be attracted to all of them.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: So, uh, speaking of people, I want to focus on uh, real-life people because, for example, before uh, Mindhunter, you w- you were casting people, real-life people, in Zodiac and The Social Network, right? Which Where you had to find a Zuckerberg, you had to find Wingo Voss twins, yeah. and Sean Parker. How does casting a real life person and in this case these people are still alive. How does it how does it differ from casting like a made up character?
2: Well, you know, I mean it, it it differs greatly in the fact that there is a person out there who either exists currently or has exist that's left quite an impression on sometimes the world, but they've left if at the very least they've left an impression on their world
0: mm-hmm. and the people
2: that were in their world. And you want to do what's right by them. And, you know, when you can find people that, actors who embody a lot of the characteristics that that person has, well, that's always a whole lot better than, than somebody who was completely different than that person that you're portraying. You know, and um, so, you know, you just start out with the best of intentions. And um, we've been very fortunate in many situations where we found actors who were pretty much embodied the real people. Mm -hmm. And you're also, if you're interested enough to tell a story about these real people, then, you know, you should be interested enough in trying to portray them as who they are.
1: Yeah, you're talking about intentionality,
2: Mhm. Yeah.
1: Did working with David Fincher on Zodiac, did that influence the work on Mindhunter?
2: Um I mean probably on certain levels. I loved Zodiac. I just love that movie. I love that cast, but um I mean, you know, on Zo- I mean, on Mindhunter, those people, those were real people. There was a lot of information out there on them, even mm-hmm. though they were incarcerated, because they do like to talk, you know? Yes. And some of them were very, very famous,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
2: very famous. So, um, you know, I think the fact that you've done something like Zodiac before, and we did that, and we felt really good about what we did, and the cast, and it was really well per- um, perceived or accepted, then it makes you it gives you a little more confidence that you can do it, mm-hmm. you know.
1: What what I find fascinating with Mindhunter though is like the killers obviously are all real and you're casting them according to who they are, but the FBI agents, they're a little bit more renditions of um, the real um, FBI agents. They're not quite as accurate necessarily. So
2: they're not they are not the real guys. Yeah. They were, you know, for creative purposes. They are I mean, first thing there's two of them. John, you know, one person wrote the book. Well, John Douglas wrote it with his partner, but I think John Douglas may have written a book. I might be mis misquoting this, but I think John Douglas wrote some books on
1: his own. Mhm. And so, it's an interesting tension because it's like the killers are real and you're even like you mentioned like using the there's a lot of material out there and you're using uh, dialogue from the transcripts and things like that. And then the, the characters are, are half real, half not, I guess. Is that the best? Like, and so do you have a little bit more leeway then in terms of like casting and how the um, and what you're looking for in terms of when you were putting the FBI agents together?
2: Um, yeah. we. I mean, we had a little more leeway in the fact that they weren't real people that we were trying to exactly replicate. Mm-hmm. But you don't have any more leeway in the fact that these guys were FBI agents, and you need to cast actors who do embody them and pay respect to the men and women who are in the fbi
1: Mm -hmm. is there this might be a weird question but is there like a way that like uh when the actors were coming into the room or when you were watching the tapes are you looking for some sort of like physical presence between like what an fbi agent would look like and how they would carry themselves versus how a killer would kind of carry himself
2: well the killers we were looking for people that looked like the killers Mm -hmm. if possible and none of those actors walked in and carrying themselves like a killer would they just don't <laughs> because they're not
0: mm-hmm. you know
2: they're wonderful actors and and ironically most of those serial killers especially everybody in season 1 and most everybody in season 2 are some of the most gentle kind human beings you could ever be around in your life so that that absolutely for them to have that whatever part of their personality that embodied the the killers was something that they brought forth in their acting, just like Holt and John did as FBI agents in their acting. But Holt and, and you know John have physical uh, aspects about them that y- you believe them absolutely, and particularly for that period of time.
1: Mm-hmm. Holt especially has got that little bit of extra weight just like as the character is being on the road and just not always eating salad and things like that and the smoking, yeah. it kind of, you ca- it carries him. But he's also kind of got that elder statesman where he's kind of seeing some things in the FBI and he kind of knows, he's open to uh, Holden's ideas, but at the same time, you could see like he's kind of, he knows how the system works. Yes. Yeah. There's two people, um, when you and I talked about email, there was two people that, that kind of stood out to me. And I want to, for instance, those one was Joe Tuttle. He plays uh, Greg Smith. Yeah. Uh, he was cast in season one as well as Albert Jones. He was the Atlanta FBI agent, uh, Jim Barney. So both of them were cast in season one. And you didn't know if you are going to be renewed yet. Season two hadn't even been written yet. So when you're casting like this for a TV show... Are you aware of future seasons and what these characters and actors can do or uh, and how it will evolve, or are you just trying to focus on the present and just, like, focus on this season?
2: Well, look, we focus on the present because that's, that's what we have is mm-hmm. the present. But, you know, if we also know that there's a storyline that's going to be coming up for season two, we make those deals with the actors then. So you do have to take into consideration the next level of work they may be doing in season 2, you know, because it's one thing to cast an actor who comes in and works in one episode and can be fabulously talented, but that doesn't always mean that they translate into being a series regular, but Albert and Joe both were the actors that could carry a little bit of, of you know, a few episodes and at the and then a year later or Year and a half later, I don't remember how, what the distance was from about two years. one to two. Yeah, um, can carry a much heavier load, and that was very, very apparent.
1: Yeah, both um, of those guys. For sure, the the one scene that cracked me up was uh, Joe when he was uh, interrogating the killer, and uh, Wendy Carr, uh, the professor. She she started talking about being a lesbian, and his jaw dropped. It was just like that sums up the character perfectly. Like he's just in over his head. He's talking to his killer. And,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. And then there's he's like pretty
2: cool, right? Yeah.
1: And it's like this woman over here is going about being a lesbian and whatever. And it's just like I, I, he, he's so far from whatever he's known. And his his, his jaw drop was perfect. And then yeah. in, and in season two, like uh, Albert Jones as the uh, FBI agent trying to bridge, be a cultural bridge. For um, the FBI agents, like between Black Atlanta and how this this case is going, he was really good. He added like a I I used the analogy in the email when we were talking. Like he added a lot of salt to the um to the scenes because he had some flavor. So it's like whenever he shows up, he's really kind of cool and he's got a, diff- a distinct presence. Yeah. Going back to the killers though. It's interesting that the, the actor that played uh, Manson for you is the same actor that played Manson in Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, Damon Harriman. That's kind of a, um, that's a kind of unusual just to kind of keep rolling that way. Yeah. You said, like, for TV, you, you're casting a lot longer because obviously there's a lot more roles to fulfill. Mm-hmm. When you're on set, like, are you actively... I don't go on set. Okay. I wanted to know if you actively monitor the killers or if there's some sort of, like, killer serial killer school or something where you kind of give them a lot of material so that they kind of know uh, what to do in mannerisms, things like that.
2: Well, it, and you know, like I said, these guys were famous, mm-hmm. beyond famous, and many of them did lots and lots of interviews from from jail. Mm-hmm. So there was plenty of information to find have on them.
1: And even like Holt, who plays Bill Tench, he— he even visited and like wrote some killers i think he wrote to the son of sam and like everyone's kind of doing this like meticulous work and trying to f- understand trying to get these details is this the type of actors that you're looking for who are, who take this type of initiative or is this also just a byproduct of going back to david fincher and just like his work uh, ethic you know
2: what that's a byproduct of of the actor and their 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 process and them doing their research, which makes them feel more, um, you know, that, that's, that's a definitely a, a byproduct of the actor. I mean, we, David wants people to be very well prepared in the development of their character and certainly with their material, but David does not dictate how an actor would go about doing that, mm-hmm. ever. He would not.
1: So far, what you've been saying in terms of Fincher's relationship with the actors and your relationship with David, like, this all boils down to trust. Yeah. Uh, The actors know that when they come to you, especially because you've been working so much with David Fincher, that they can trust you, in turn, you trust David Fincher. So it's like a mutual kind of understanding.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: This all hanging out and trying to research and trying to identify the killers, cast the killers, all these things, it sounds really dark. Do you do anything for fun? (laughs) <laughs>
2: yeah, of course I do. <laughs> I, I live in Santa Fe most of the time, so when I'm not working, I'm there, and I have really dear friends, and I hike, and uh, I have a son and a grandson, and I have my niece and a nephew that I'm super close to, and I have dear, dear, dear friends that I spend lots and lots of time with. So, yeah, I have a, I have a really sweet, full life that I'm very grateful for, along with work.
1: Yeah. So just to kind of go back full circle, as we were talking about the beginning, like, why this area of film and television? Why casting? Why did you end up here?
2: You know what? David suggested it, quite frankly. I worked as David's assistant, and I would edit casting tapes when they would come in, and one night we were going through casting tapes, and he said, I I think this is kind of like your thing. I think this is just like the thing that you do really, like, you just have a natural eye for it why don't you try it and i was like okay and he said all right we're gonna do a jody Watley video why don't you cast that and i was like okay mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's how it started
1: and so what are you working on next is there anything that you, uh, you can share or talk about
2: yeah i'm uh, well i'm working on two marvel shows with hulu and david's doing a movie that we're working on right now called mank
1: okay cool and are you hoping or expecting season three of Mine or is that still too early? Considering season two just came out. I think
2: it's too early. I have not heard.
1: Hmm. All right, and so uh, we can see you in the the Hulu shows, as you mentioned, or see your work again. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time. We covered a lot, oh, actually.
2: You're super sweet. Thank you for um, thank you for being interested in the art of casting, and thank you for being a fan of the work that. Uh, that i've done and particularly the work that david and i do together i I really appreciate that
1: Mm -hmm. please just give him a high five uh i know (laughs) Uh, i guess that's what always the director is happy uh, happy to hear or have right after he's done a good job is a high five
2: he appreciates that yes he's very humble but he of course he he appreciates
1: it yeah thank you larry uh that's it i think we covered all the good stuff
2: okay good thank you sammy
1: thank you so much larae mayfield for taking some time to talk about uh, mindhunter working with david fincher casting all that good stuff it's incredible how much and how many people are involved in making something that we really like if you like what i'm doing here you can uh, or if you don't like to i'm also open for that too uh, you can yell at me or cheer at me at my pal sammy that's on twitter facebook and on instagram my pal sammy